Welcome to the Radical Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by Generation to Generation, where you'll be inspired by the past, equipped for the present, and prepared for the future as we engage in conversations with people from around the world. If you've been inspired by the guests that we've had on the podcast, please like, subscribe, comment, hit notification bells, whatever you can do on the platforms that you're listening on, so that more people have the opportunity of hearing these and engaging in our community. Hello everyone, this is Andrew and Daphne from Generation to Generation and our guest today is Chaim Meospin. Now, we've had you on previously and it, we took kind of a whistle-stop tour through what you're doing, uh, but for people that haven't heard that episode, I'm going to put the link in the description box, I recommend you go hear part one, but for people that didn't hear that, could you just say a bit about where you're from and what you do? Uh, yes, I live in the Galilee, Israel, I call myself... Chaim, the Galilean. Chaim means life. It's my name. Uh, and uh, Jewish family, Jewish name, uh, born in the United States um, and made my prophetic historic journey of Aliyah home to the homeland, to the promised land. Turns out there's a land that's promised. And it turns out there's a people promised to enter that land. It's a promise. It's a covenant. And I, when I moved here, it wasn't just let's go move somewhere. It was actually, oh, I hear my, my little son's here too on the interview. That's great. Um, and I knew that this was part of a great story. And so that's what I shared last time. If you haven't seen it, check out how not only did I move here, but I now help lead a congregation um, of other Galileans and do a lot of work to help the poor and needy and especially those in transition those with no place to go, no home, no family here, and reach out to them and love them. Food, clothing, shelter, Hebrew school, business integration. It's all provided for by, well, people like yourselves who have felt an altruistic urging of the greatest Galilean to uh, sow into to his land and his people. <laughs> My then- son is jumping in. <laughs> for people that listen to this they want to find out more uh, where can they do that uh go to aliyah return center that's a-l-i-y-a-h return center.com and then they'll see kind of what we do what the charity does and I, one thing i i always tell people is there's plenty of charities in the world there's plenty of people doing good things all over the world but there's something different here this is something promised 700 times in the bible so it's, there's something about all of our joint prophetic destiny. You know, all of us got to help people in need. All of us got to gotta be uh, kind to people. Hey, you want to come down here and see your dad? You want to see your Abba? Then come. Because it's the interview. So um, there's, there's a definite truth to the fact that this isn't just another good idea or another let's help people. This is something that's connected to all of our destiny to all of our um future yeah um and i will put i'll put those links in the description so for people listening again go listen to part one uh, and then also go check out the website see more of the work that they're doing uh, and there's uh, as uh, as you've heard there's lots of opportunities to be able to get plugged into this as well um so can we just take us on a journey and um, if i was jewish which I'm not. I'm from the nations. As far as we know. <laughs> and um, if I wanted to, if I thought to myself, 
you know, I really want to make Alia. And here I am sitting in my own nation. What happens? Do I get on a plane and, and go to immigration and say, I'm Jewish, here's my passport, and they say, welcome, come on in. What's the process? Not exactly. Not exactly <laughs> that straightforward. Uh, well, one one thing to just to start out, it is important to note that although Israel has so many inventions, uh, we have more, um, you know, world changing ideas than the entire Europe times three. I mean, it's it's just kind of crazy how much God has packed in this little nation. Uh, praise God for that. But yet with that, this country is it's almost like a third world country disguised like a first world country because the technology and all that is sold off it's like sold to the highest bidder so all these inventions all these world changing things are changing the world but they're over in norway over in sweden over in finland over in america england and so on the places that paid top dollar and so we here are not you might say not so developed in our systems Really. So even down to paperwork. So you're saying paper, you, you brought up paperwork, how well and how, you know, sophisticated is the paperwork handling? I'd say it's a bureau. I would just say it's a bureaucratic mess. And that's something you have to go into with a heart to say, I'm willing to go the distance. So someone's making Alia. Obviously, we're able to free of charge. Everything I'm saying is free of charge. We provide legal counseling. We provide um, to fill out the paperwork. How do you fill it out? What paperwork do you need to fill up? Where do you fill it up? Where do you go? It's called counseling, legal counsel. So we do all that, fill it all out and take care of people in their journey. We are able to take care of these people as they are have no direction. Where, where is Israel even on the map? Some people think that you know, they don't know where, where, how to get there. And a lot of people say, look, even if I get approved and my paperwork gets filled out correctly and they say, come on. You know, let's just say that happens. Well, how do I get my stuff there? I have a house full of stuff. We say, praise the Lord. We are willing to go to all the churches we know. We're going to see if it's possible to fundraise enough money for the shipping of your whole container to Israel or two containers. Some people and, you know, some people don't need the help and that's fine. But some people do and they'll say, I just can't get there without some help. And that's where we step in. Um, then people will say, okay, thank you for your legal counsel. Thank you for your help to get my stuff shipped. Now I'm planning a flight. I'm in Ukraine right now. I don't even have money for a flight. I can't get a flight. Let's see if the Christians of the world are able to be an expression of love, tangible love, not just, we love Israel. We love Israel. I'm like, that's slacktivism. Time for some activism. Let's get you on that plane. We're, we're going to pay for your plane ticket. We're going to pay for your plane ticket. And then they show up. Let's just say, I'm not saying everyone needs this help. Some people don't. Some people have other sources that would cover it, you know, or, or whatnot. Some people do, some people don't. But we're going to try our best. And I have no promises that we'll get the money. We're not a bank. I'm not a bank. But if we can, we will. And we have and do for years and years, for over 30 plus years. This has been happening even before me has been happening to get them to Israel. But now you might say, now I'm not trying to scare people away from making Ali. I'm trying to say there's a solution. But they get here and they realize the hardest struggles are here. One third of all suicides, one third of all suicides in this country are new immigrants who haven't found their way, who 
who don't have any family here. They came PTSD from the army and they don't know what to do. They got no one to talk to, no home cooked meals. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand. No one's here to help me. Oh God. And it's, it can be hard. You know, I, I want to express that we're not here for, we're not working here doing this, giving our lives for this, for nothing, uh, fulfilling God's prophetic mandate for nothing. It's, it really is hard. And uh, it was hard for me when I made my Aliyah. Uh, to Israel, my immigration. So we say on this side is where we really help. We really shine on this side. When you get to Israel, oh, and you have your paperwork stamped, at that moment, you're not a tourist. At that moment, you're a fellow citizen. You and I were the same. We're fellow citizens and we need to help you. So we're going to give you a free place to stay for free. Fancy villa. Yeah, all free. You're going to have food to eat. Yeah, supermarket card. Boom, you're going to be able to buy whatever you want with that. You're going to be able to get uh, food, clothing, clothing, brand new, brand new or used. Okay, we have used stuff as well. We also have new stuff. You want a new wardrobe? I mean, I, I, in fact, I've never heard of a ministry. I've never heard of any charity on planet Earth. I'm not trying to talk ourselves up or be prideful in any way. Humbly, thank you, Lord. But I just never heard of stuff like this happening. Not only food, clothing, shelter. Oh, it, go, it goes on. Now you're, you're like, I don't understand. I can't read the route, road signs. I don't know. I, well, come to our Hebrew school. Guess what? In the whole Galilee, there is not one Hebrew school. Well, why? Why? I don't want to answer that question. Uh, maybe we're spending on trying to stay alive and so that Iran doesn't kill us and we're spending on defense. I don't know why, but there isn't a Hebrew school for you. Uh, maybe there isn't enough knowledge that we need to be helping. Whatever reasons there are, I mean, we have the Hebrew school. We're the Hebrew school of the Galilee. We are. We have teachers, and you put 70, 60 to 70 people through, and they learn Hebrew real quick. It can, I learned Hebrew in a year. Uh, others can do it in less, more time, less or more. Some people can be here all their life and still not know Hebrew. Depends who, we ta- who you're talking to. And then they say, okay, I know Hebrew. I'm, my tummy is full. I got a place to stay. My paperwork's done. But you know what? I used to be, now you're at this part. I used to be a surgeon. I used to be a surgeon. I don't know where to work. How can I make an honorable income for my family? You know, I used to be a bookkeeper. I used to be, you know what? Now the normal approach, I'll just be honest. The normal approach is who cares what you were? You're in a new country, figure it out. That's what I did. That's what I dealt with. Um, figure it out. Uh, well, now you have some help. We are going to do night classes. Is what we are just starting right now. Night classes that you are going to be able to be guaranteed a salary in a business that's connected with us. It's only the ones that are connected. There's certain factories, certain places that are connected with us. You are guaranteed a salary, you know, seven to 12,000 shekels, maybe one day even more whatever that is in your, your currency and you're guaranteed that it's not, maybe you will have that salary and you will be able to live and you will be able to fulfill God's dream found in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 41. God speaks. I will plant them in the land with all of my heart. I will plant them in the land with all of my soul. I will plant them in the land. And that's what we believe in. And that's what we're really about. Now, other Charities might say, well, how much you got staff? We have 
now we have 12, but 12 humble Galileans. And uh, every day the work grows. We need an army for something like this because we're picking up a slack that is humongous. And you can imagine with Ukraine, I mean, you don't have to look far to see how many thousands, how many thousands of immigrants are coming into this country and how much help do they need? We're a few people here. And again, I've never heard of any ministry doing what I just mentioned ever in the history of Israel, ever. The only comparison, and to wrap up my little monologue now, is Jethro. Jethro in the Bible, he helped Moses. Remember Jethro? And he says, yeah. let me be your eyes for you, Moses. Let me help you out. So even though I'm Jewish, the people around us are from all over the world. Hi, y'all. I'm from Tennessee. And I want to help out these Jewish people making their aliyah. You're welcome to it, sir. You're going to be blessed, too. Hello, I am Yarmo. I am from Finland. And I want to be helped with the Alia. Alia. Well, you're welcome to help. Yes, I am from India. I am here to help with the Alia. <laughs> I'm here to help with the Alia. Well, that's great. You're welcome, too. And you know what else you get? You're part of the blessing of Abraham. You're part of the blessing of Abraham. I am part of the blessing of Abraham? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm from England, you say. My family and I, we're part <laughs> of the Strasbourg community. I'd like to help with Alior, if I could. You can, sir. You can. Right. I want to help with all the activity. And you as well. That, I didn't realise so we were going to have so many guests on this episode. No, neither did I. I was <laughs> queuing up. Just to see, when you said you're going to plant them in the land, he didn't say sow them in the land. He said plant. And planting is a process. Planting makes effort. Planting takes time. You don't just put it in the ground and walk away. You, you only have to water it. You may have to go back and prune it whatever and i've never thought of that before till you described everything you do in fact you could have endless sermon material which is what i have you don't even have to try you can preach a sermon that no one's heard you don't have to go it's not from some youtube from something there's plenty of sermons about deliverance plenty of sermons about this plenty of sermons about love plenty of sermons about forgiveness plenty of sermons about what you do not have plenty of sermons about in the church which is kind of not good <laughs> is about alia and god's heart for the nation god's command isaiah 49 verse 22 command i raise my hand in an oath to the nations and they will bring your sons in their arms they will bring your daughters on their shoulders back to israel that's the command of god to the nations it's kind of bad that they've forgotten about this they used to know the church used to be all the spurgeons and all the blackstones and all the wesley brothers and all the even Luther's and all the guys back in the day would talk about this and would uh, discuss this for sure. Kind of forgot about it. Oh, here's a, here's a oh friend of ours. This is Judah. From really, the, I've, I've really met him. Oh, you have from the tribe of Judah, actually. So they haven't made their aliyah yet, but their family of eight, seven of you guys, including your six. parents, six of you guys, seven including my dog. Seven, including the dog, are going to hopefully one day make the Aliyah. And you're from what country again? America. United States. And now some people need more help. Some people need less help. 
They're all welcome. Now, someone could be a religious guy with a hat. Someone could be a, uh, a, a guy that is a secular. He'd never heard of Passover. Some have had bar mitzvah. Some have not had bar mitzvah. Have I, you had the bar mitzvah? Not yet. Two years. Two more years. All of them are going to come together in this great family called Israel. Uh-huh. You said that um, you provide all these different resources and you have the villas that they can stay in. What's the average amount of time that someone would stay in a place like that? And like, do you have a, a I guess the hope is that they would find their own place to live and all that kind of stuff. So what, like, do you have a, a time? Yeah, that- we, we really, our hope is that they stay a short time, not a long time, because we don't want them to get too attached. You don't want that. It's not, we're not their real home. We're a temporary uh, landing pad. It's a, a uh, initial home, but you don't want them to get to. So it's supposed to be like, a, like week a visit or two, a visit. It's like a week or two, three, a month. Maybe. I mean, the most people have stayed is six months, but that really, uh, we really don't, we don't advertise. Stay for, we say stay for a week or two. We'll hook you up. Now, let's say you're doing the Hebrew school. You don't have any other solution. We just want to get you going. We want to get you to take your own steps. And you're a citizen like me. You don't want to be even part of the Ali Return Center for too long. We, you could, we're friends and we'll always be for you, there for you at the holidays and at, at the at like Passover. We can do Passover together. We're inviting everybody this Passover, by the way, to come and celebrate with us different immigrants from throughout the years. But I'm just saying we want people to be able to take those steps and spread those wings and uh, be successful. Now, it also says, and it's a scripture sometimes that we don't really want to look at, about that he will send the hunter yeah. to bring the back. Jeremiah 16, verse 14 through 16. Right. Talk to us about what that means. Yeah. The way I word it, it's that was the Bible was called Fishers and the Hunters. Yes. God says that in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14 through 16, he says, I will send forth fishermen, and they are fishers of men. Ooh, yeah. Where was that before? They're, those are Alia workers. Yeah. Also, they're all, <laughs> see, I, I put the Alia spin on everything. And, yeah. uh, and so they're fishing them, and the fishing is a lure, it's a bait. What is bait in Hebrew? It's a house. A house is a bite. Bait is the word for house. That's how you say house. So we're giving an actual house bait on the lure, we're luring with a house. Get it? We're luring without. That's a fishing. You fish them. That's luring without. That's exact. We're exactly, I believe, fulfilling Jeremiah chapter. Yeah, you guys can totally play if you want. Yeah, play it up. Show you show them your stuff. You're uh, oh, it's cool. And uh, so then also there is the hunting. The hunters is a little more scary, and I would say that's the push factor. So there's pull factors. Or draw factors. There's push and pull factors. Pull, I just mentioned, that's a lure. The push factors, ooh, that's more of 100. Now, I would actually say God is actually using, he can use all situations. But I think this situation with the war with uh, Russia against Ukraine is, is an example of a push factor that God can use and is using to fulfill his 700 scriptures. The enemy, by the way, the enemy means anything that opposes God's will. Now, here's something scary. You want something scary? Let's throw something scary at you. Yeshua said, he who gathers not with me 
scatters abroad. That's the diaspora is the scattering. He who gathers not with me scatters. That means he who's not part of understanding his plan of gathering the Jewish people, the remnant, the believers, the gathering is part of the scattering. That means he's part, part of the enemy. He who is not part of Aliyah work in some way is either is actually standing against it in some way, standing against God. And we know what's happened to the greatest countries in the world, whether it's Babylon. They stood against Dahlia. What happened? What are the rich Persia? You know, Babylon, the writing was on the wall, wasn't it? We look at Egypt's strongest army on planet Earth. Stand against Dahlia. What happens? Boom. We can even look at the British Empire. Even we can look at the Turkish Empire. The Turkish Empire issued a red slip which says we do not want people to be able to make immigration here. They can visit, but they can't immigrate. Red slip. The white paper, it was a saying we don't want this immigration. I just think there's a mystery people don't look deep enough at, which is through the entire history of the known world since Abraham. Since Abraham. And that journey is those nations who stood with or stood against Aliyah. And that's true today. And what do I call, what would I think Matthew 25 calls those sheep nations versus goat nations, goat nations, they go sheep nations. They gather the voice of the great, of the good shepherd, the great gatherer. <coughs> you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, this high suicide rate of people that, that make earlier, um, there's a high percentage of people that, that, that try and then leave again like uh, i know yeah i know of someone who i saw recently um she was from england she moved to israel was in the process of making alia and uh, i could see uh, i think she was there for um some uh some rockets were fired and the uh, the yeah, sirens yeah. going off and she was kind Rockets. of posting this on social media her, her processing this Fire. whole thing and how difficult it was anyway she then moved to america and she's in America now, and she left. Uh, right. So clearly, you know, people that, that go through maybe this process with you guys or, or another organization that deals with Alia, there's there's an ongoing care that's needed uh, even after they've maybe moved out of one of your villas. Uh, what does that look like, helping people still dealing with... They've never, they've never heard what, what uh, rocket sirens going off and having to deal with those things. What kind of care is there for, for all of that? Yeah, I would say the main... Thing is like when you see lone soldiers they, they are what I think is just heroes they're just heroes because they make their alia they don't have any family here no one to cook them a home-cooked dinner no one to tell their stories to how it was on the front lines in Syria in Jordan in Lebanon in Iraq in whatever they're they're there defending the defenseless and there's no one to take care of them and so we say you know we've got we have a lone soldier house we were there to get together today mm -hmm. They were off in the army when we were there, but they come back and they, they have, they, now they have a home. So with that, we want to give them a little uh, a counseling, maybe a comedy night. Comedy night, laugh about the problems, not just complain about them, laugh about them. And, uh, and together be a family. Um, trips, I don't know if I can say this, but going out to the winery, we get the bus, they go out to the, you know, whatever. And they go and they have Shabbat dinner together. Shabbat dinner, 
and they can uh, uh, have the, the candles and, and just feel like the blessing. So that's kind of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. When I was there. Actually, there was a bunch of these guys that were just getting along so well, even though I didn't know who they were. I'm going to let you see them better. There you go. Even though I didn't know who they were or what they've done or something, I could just tell that they were good people. Like, I didn't have to meet them. I didn't even have to, like, go up to them, you know, have a full two-hour conversation with them. I didn't have to do any of that. And I'm pretty sure these, these soldiers really need a home. Like, they can't just be living in these, like, bombed holes where they're, like, they need, like, a real home, real food. They need yeah. someone to take care of them. They can't just take care of themselves just because they're in the Army. They need someone with them and to um protect them and help them through yeah. all this because people could have ptsd and they could go crazy in the army and like true. They could just go ballistic and people don't want to talk about this This is all over the news in israel people it's not a narrative someone wants to talk about that they make ali and then they're struggling so badly it looks bad on israel's record sort of i'm not here to blame israel for it but i'm saying we can play our god-ordained role and isaiah 40 comfort Yes, you comfort my people, says the Lord. Not, hey, Israel, go comfort yourself. It's it's a time, to, it's, a, it's an acceptable season of the Lord to bind up the brokenhearted, Isaiah speaks about, to proclaim, you know, liberty to the captives. And, and I think that's all done by God's spirit and by people feeling an urge. And Israel's not that far away. Israel should be in all our hearts. How many of us know that we can't hold the nations until we've learned how to hold Israel? Well, this PTSD, um, it isn't an it isn't an, an Israel issue. It's a nation's right. issue because if Israel wasn't attacked, hey, there'd be no PTSD. So true. It, you know, it's 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 our responsibility that the nations are coming um, against Israel. Yeah. It's up to us to make a yeah. stand in our nations. The two largest, amen. Two largest in the world of of people that struggle with PTSD is Israel and the United States, two largest in the world. And uh, out of there's a study on all the countries of the world. And I, I'm not just saying it's all about PTSD. I'm saying Alia could, could be, uh, could be, or could not be a PTSD place. Just, just the Alia journey. I mean, this is kind of hard to say, cause uh, we want everyone to make Alia. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to, again, I don't want to paint a picture of, Oh, by the way, this is Matia. He is my oldest boy. This is Matia. How old are you? Eight. Eight. And he was born in Israel. He was actually born in Tel Aviv. And um, we have three kids right now. My wife is um, originally from Canada. And we uh, just love to... Uh, oh, my fault. Uh, we just love to uh, be a blessing here in the land. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's good. You know, many people don't know the struggles and maybe even Jewish people might be listening, thinking about making Aliyah. And I think it's good for them to know, you know, that it's hard. Uh, there's a cost to be counted. But for all of us, for, for people watching, we have responsibilities. Well, like you said, maybe where we are, we can stand up against things like the rise of anti-Semitism and to stand with the Jewish communities where we all live. But also we have a responsibility to be able to help support organizations like yours who are Praise in the, the land helping to care for the people that, are, that have gone through this process and are struggling with the, the new culture that they're living in. 
Uh, and so for all of us listening, we all have a responsibility here. It's not just, and it shouldn't just all be on the shoulders of people like you. And we, we read an amazing book called Is Resilience. And it, it's, have you read it? No? No. It's, um, it was interviews done with people from Israel who have gone through horrific things. And it was what Israelis can teach the world about resilience. Yeah, it was written by um, Michael Dixon, the found, one of okay. the uh, leaders of Stand With Us. And okay. another lady who, um, she was a psychologist. And so they wrote, they co-wrote this book together. And and it really wow. is, it shows the, um, how things can be turned around, even in the darkest way that, that even in the midst of all this, Israel has something to teach the nations in the whole area of, of resilience. So Amen. I'm just putting a flip on, on I that. I like, that. that's amazing. It is something, and I, and I do feel this is, you know, God ordained for Generation Z, Generation X, Generation Y to be born when they're born and to do great things for the Lord. And uh, it, we can't discount that God has a great plan for them and, and God wants them to arise into their calling, into their destiny. But however, a lot of the feeling from these generations is that they don't have the resilience in their blood that former generations had, that they haven't been through a world war, don't know what a world war is, and don't know what hardship is. And with that, they've become a generation of weaklings. Um, some truth to that. Uh, but what I'll say is, why that, don't they that's come? Probably not just younger Israelis or Jewish people. That's, I mean, of that whole generation it, globally, you could make the same. It could be across the board. But yeah. so I say, why don't the nations join together with Israel and work? Young people, work and learn a little bit of hardship. I know I'm not selling this well. Uh, a little hot sun, a little uh, hard work. Cell phones, they can put those right on the table. And hard work in the Galilee with us. Yeah, spend doesn't have to be. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be three months, whatever. Just come and we say we have work for anybody for free in the hot sun <laughs> and we, we learn we learn resilience yeah together i just want yeah people need to really hear that i'm tempted myself i might be not yeah. coming and back. it's a beautiful area as we, well. i mean i'm serious i'm very come tempted. On. yeah come on <laughs> come so on i just want to say a couple of things first of all there is one phrase used about people making Aliyah or people going back to Israel that I don't think is said of any other nation and it's we're going home. Right. Welcome home. It's true. We give them a, a little picture that just says welcome home. With every immigrant, we have these wonderful pictures that we, we get. But I was just saying is one thing I ask people, I say there's three things I ask people to help them understand, because this is something not that not all the church has understood. Because uh, it's a thing in the Bible, and, and they don't always understand it. Even someone who's done seminary might not understand this principle, maybe. Uh, so I say three things. One, why do the turtles swim the seven seas and then they come back? Why is that instinct there? 
okay, why do salmon swim upstream? Why do they go back to the place where they were hatched back in the, in the you know, where they were hatched from an egg? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and, uh, and so why, third thing, are, are you know, hold on, why do these, why do these salmon swim upstream? Why do they, why do these um, turtles have to come back? Because it's, it's coming home to a, to a promise. It's a, it's a whole, um, yeah. So it's a, it's it's like a DNA thing, I think. I believe. I, I want to just say something else on that line. As a Gentile visiting the land, I hear many Gentiles speaking about Israel in a way that makes me a bit uncomfortable. I wish I lived there. Oh, I wish I that, that I want to go. These sort of words, right? Right. Which I understand. One day it will be home for all of us. I, I really understand that, and I understand the tug in the heart of Gentiles to come back to to go to the land. But I'm to tell a story of I was in a taxi, right, and. Um, the, t you, the taxi drivers in Israel, I mean, they talk to everyone. They're the best guides in the land. So they're talking right. and ask the question, which must be pretty standard. Um, how, is this your first visit? I said, oh, no, I've been more times than I can count. I mean, 15, 16 years I've been coming back. And he said this to me. He said, oh, you should live here. Now, I can imagine that most people will say, oh, I'd love to. But I didn't, and I'm not extolling myself here. I'm just putting it out. There's a different way to respond. And I said to him, no, I shouldn't. And you could almost feel him screech to a halt, like what is about to come out my mouth. Ah. And he turned, and I said, this is your land. It's not my land. Mm. And he turned around, driving, looked at me. Makes me want to cry. I think he did pull it. over. Oh. He wasn't driving, looking behind no. him. No, well, yes, he did. He <laughs> turned, maybe he did. <laughs> yeah, he turned back and he looked at me and he said, Thank you. And I thought, That's How beautiful. That's beautiful. It, it was beautiful and it makes him want to cry now. And I think, How careful we must be. In, in what we express, how we express it, God planted us in a nation. He planted me in the UK. Yes, I come to the end. Yes, I would love to come there and serve. Yes, I would like to do that. But she never told me it was my home yet. Mm. And, and I'm not saying there are not Gentiles who should live in their land. There are many Gentiles living there and serving the people. But that is a very specific um calling i mean not calling that's a very specific assignment so I, I do believe there are there that live in there but not flippantly to say yeah my home too it isn't it's your home yeah Chaim, um judah uh it's been really good to to get to talk and uh, to be able to dive into some of this a bit more deeper than we did in the previous episode um, yeah. again for people listening go listen to the first one gives a bit more of a broader stroke uh, in terms of the different things that that we've been talking about now um but yeah th thank you so much we'll have to have you back again at some point and talk about some other angle of the work that you're doing um but yeah, yeah. really appreciate it very yeah. nice to meet you yeah and i'd love to just say one last thing is if anyone does feel uh, uh, uh you know on their heart and they say i see what's on the tv in ukraine I see what it says in, in Jeremiah chapter 23, that they will come from the land of the north. And I see Ukraine is north of Israel. 
I see mm-hmm. these thousands of Jewish immigrants coming. And if you guys are the hands and feet, I'm ready to sew in to get help them get at least a little yes. supermarket card uh, with money on it where they can go and I'm willing to sew. And then I'd say, well, why don't you just go to aliareturncenter.com right now and enable that. Even if you can't come here right now to help serve and get your hands dirty in the soil of Israel, well, you can have, sew in that way. I have one question before we hop off. I have a question. Am I allowed to pray over us? Yeah, oh. absolutely. Oh. Okay. Uh, Lord Jesus, I pray that over um, Mr. Andrew and mm-hmm. Mrs. Daphne. Mrs. Andrew and Mrs. Daphne, uh, I pray that they're in UK. I pray that everything's going to be good. I pray over them that everything will be good in their life. I pray that they'll live a very long life because Miss Daphne is only 23. And I hope she doesn't die at 24. Um, I also pray that, um, that nothing bad will come over them or anything that yes. attaches itself to them. From anything mm-hmm. they've done, maybe watched, maybe accidentally said, but they know they didn't mean it, or anything they've said, wished, but they know they didn't mean it. Um, you cut mm-hmm. off Chris's face, send him back to Cape Town. You have no place mm-hmm. on here, mm-hmm. or on Heim, or on me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We pray that they will just be able to come here and be able to spread so much love mm-hmm. and be able to have such a good life and have such an amazing time that they'll be able to see you again, Lord Jesus, and be able to have be able to go to heaven and have a, such a nice life mm-hmm. there and have an eternal life there, Lord Jesus. Just help us all to be good and faithful servants, Lord. Yeah, just like was said right now, Lord, by Judah, we just pray protection over all the workers yeah. in the harvest, all the workers in your in doing your will, protection over them from any attacks of the enemy. It seems like even if Israel's mentioned there's attacks in a conversation, some people just get fired up and they say either they're for or against, but same thing with Aliyah. They're either really against or really for, or some people like in Iran want to make an entire uh, nuclear war against so there's extremes here so protect us help us bless us and bless the work over there that they're doing in our on our our partners in the uk for your glory and honor amen amen and haim and judah may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face to shine upon you and give you his peace amen amen Thank you both. Really appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. Bye. See you next time. Hope soon. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode. Remember, if it inspired you, share it with others so we can see more people engaged in this community.